You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. When we built this building, you said, well, you told us that before. Okay. But meditation is repetition. When we built this building, there was three parts to it. It was like a a triology. There was a planning phase where the contractor and the architect and the owners got together. Faith Chapel was the owner. And we talked about this building, talked about the vision of the building. And it was key because we had to bring all the players together before we started. The second phase of this building was a foundation stage. I mean, if you came on campus, all you would see would be concrete out there. And I'm quite sure there were times when people would be driving by and they saw this, this big slab of cement. And they probably wonder what they're doing out there. Because it was, it was really hard to tell by just the concrete and the foundation. But the builders spent time on that foundation because they knew and understood that that foundation would hold the building upright and keep the building. And without that foundation, this building would just fall, fall down. In fact, you can't see the foundation, but it's there. And it's holding this building up. Then after that foundation phase, they came in and they built the superstructure. They blow up the balloon and they begin to spray concrete and steel rebar. And then they came in and they put a drop ceiling and they put the walls and then they, they spaced it out and had some spaces upstairs and spaces downstairs and they built in the chairs and did the landscaping and now we have the superstructure. That was a building. But we're building people. We're building people. This whole thing that we're doing is people. In our first series, it was just three lessons, understanding the power of your purpose and potential. We wanted to bring in the players and get the players on the right page. We wanted to bring in purpose. We wanted to acquaint you with potential. And then we wanted to talk about what would stop us, self consciousness. And now we're teaching a series called Not From Around Here, and it's the foundation. That's all we're doing, these five lessons. We're laying a foundation. And I'm quite sure you'd be saying, well, you know, I don't understand what we, I don't fully understand what we're doing. And you may have questions, and people may say, well, what what are they going? What are they talking about? But it's the foundation. But it's so very important, these five lessons, so very important, because these five lessons, the foundation will hold up the superstructure. After this series, we're going to begin to build on it, but we're building you. So before we pray, I wanted to share where we're going. We're very intentional. We're going somewhere. And you're going to be a beautiful building in God. A wonderful building. In fact, you're going to be a skyscraper in God. So now as we pray, I want you to pray for the church, for Faith Chapel, that we get it. Faith Chapel, Birmingham, Faith Chapel, Columbus. But just don't pray for them. We got people watching us now. We welcome our virtual audience. And those that you're watching online or by your computers or social media or television, wherever you are, 
I want you to pray for them. And then those of you that are watching us online, I want you to be praying that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you understand what we're doing, what God is doing on the inside of us, and that he be glorified. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for this gathering today. We thank you for the stewardship of the hearts and the minds of your people. We thank you for what you've planned to build us, to build us up to glorify you and to bring heaven to the earth. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our God. He's our helper. So we yield our minds and our spirits. We're trusting him to teach us and guide us into the truth. We're trusting him to help us to hear, and we're trusting him to confirm the word with signs following. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. Will you look up at me now before you sit down? Many of you have been in this church and in this environment a long time. So I want to say to you, as we approach this subject, please don't say, I've heard that. Please don't say, well, I know that. Don't do that. God is doing something new. Something that's going to shift us both individually and corporately to another level. You may be seated. A few lessons ago, we began a series entitled, Not From Around Here. This is our third lesson of a five-lesson series. The theme of this series is the kingdom of God concept, bringing heaven to earth. Each one of these lessons, we've had a subtopic. And in lesson one, our subtopic was heaven on planet earth. Lesson two, our subtopic was heaven's motive. Today, our subtopic is heaven's departure. Heaven's departure. Now, heaven's departure has to do with the fall of man, the fall of man. The word fall implies movement downward. The word fall implies taking a lower position. So when we talk about the fall of man, this is a term in Christianity used to describe the transition and or the dissension of the first man, Adam, who was the federal head of the human race. It describes his fall, his dissension, his transition from a place of leadership and rulership and authority to a place of subjugation. It was never God's intent that man be subjugated. It was never God's intent that man be under the authority of Satan, 
under the authority of demons, under the authority of satanic works. It was never God's intent that man be under the circumstances. There are five realities that we will look at today in relations to the fall of man. And the first reality is that the fall of man was a declaration of independence. The fall of man was a declaration of independence. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 through 5, in the New Living Translation says, and Satan here is speaking to Eve, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So we see the fall of man was the result of man, Adam, the federal head of the human race, which would include female and male. The fall of man was the result of man, Adam, declaring independence from the government of heaven. It was man declaring independence from the government of heaven. In our last lesson, we used an analogy of how Great Britain established 13 colonies in the Americas. And Great Britain intent was to extend its influence and its territory into foreign territory. But the Revolutionary War was a war that declared independence. The 13 colonists decided we no longer want to be ruled by Great Britain. Now, I personally believe that this revolution that we celebrate as 4th of July was a part of God's original plan. I believe that God wanted us to live in this great country we call the United States of America. But the fall of man was never God's plan. It was never God's intent because Adam and Eve were created by God. Man, therefore, is not an independent creature. Man was never created to be independent. And as God and as creator, God had the right to establish his government over man. He had the right because he was and is the creator. He had the right to say to man, this is right and that's forbidden because he was and is the creator. In the beginning, God gave man privileges. He gave man the privilege of rulership. He gave man the privilege of leadership. 
He gave man the, the privilege of being in authority. He also gave man blessings. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says of every tree, this is God speaking to man, of every tree you may freely eat. So here God places man into a perfect environment. No flaws, perfect environment, beautiful environment, wonderful environment. And he said to man, because he provided everything that man would need in, in abundance, of every tree, the Bible said he planted the trees in the garden, and they were good for food. They were pleasant to the eyes. He gave man abundance. He gave man abundance. And then he placed in that garden, in the middle of the garden, what the Bible calls the tree of life. And God intended for his man, Adam and Eve, to take from the tree of life and perpetuate this perfect condition, perpetuated. In other words, God wanted man to not just enjoy abundance and enjoy provision and enjoy this perfect environment, but he wanted him to eat from the tree of life to perpetuate it. In other words, to continue it all through eternity and there will be no death and no pain and no sorrow. Man will have only blessing, only pleasure, and only beauty, and only provision. But whenever God gives us privileges and he gives us blessings, he always gives us responsibility. And he gave man responsibility, and he gave man free will. He gave man free will because he wanted man to choose his government. He wanted man to submit without force. He didn't want robots. Robots. He wanted man to submit to the government of heaven. So next to that tree of life, right in the middle of garden, he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, man had never experienced evil. Man had only experienced God. And it was God's intent that man only experienced God and good and no evil. But that tree that was placed in that garden was there so man could choose and not be forced. Man was placed there with free will to say yes to the government of God or to say no to the government of God. So the fall of man was man's declaring independence in two ways. Man said to God, I don't want you to rule my life. I want independence. I want self-government. That's what this fall was about. I want to call the shots in my life. I don't want you telling me what to do. And I believe that we can translate that into today. Because you see, it's possible for us to say the same thing to God. I want self-government. I don't want you to tell me what to do. 
But that tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented something else. It represented seeking wisdom apart or outside of God's revealed word. The Bible says that God said, of every tree thy may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't eat from that tree. You eat from that tree, you're going to die. That was the wisdom of God. But faith in the third chapter, through the certain, spoke to Eve and said, no, you won't. Another wisdom. No, you won't die. And then he gave reasoning. He spoke in direct opposition to what God said. God said, you're going to die. And, and the faith said, no, you're not going to die. And then he gave reasons. The reason why it's all right for you to eat, because God knows that if you eat, you're going to be like him. And you're going to be able to discern between good and evil. And God's just trying to hold out on you. So, Satan gave Eve and Adam a reason. So, the choice facing Adam and Eve and the choice facing you and I is the choice to live by divine revelation or are we going to live by reason? You said, but uh, I'm not following you. Okay, I'll make it practical for you. In the scripture, the Bible clearly says that certain things are off limit and certain things are within limits. And sexual immorality is off limits. Everything from premarital sex or sexual relations to adultery, sexual relationship outside of the marriage bond, to homosexuality, lesbianism, same-sex relations, to pornography, relations through print, through images, is off limits. But Satan gives us a reason why it's all right for us. Satan says to the single person, you have needs, and God knows you have needs. Satan says to the married person, well, you got it right because your spouse is not acting right. To those with same-sex attractions, he said, well, you were born that way. To those who are uh, uh, into pornography, Satan says, listen, you're not hurting anybody else. He gives us reasons. So the, dis the decision for you and I, the choice that we have, is a choice. Are we going to live by revelation or are we going to live by reason? Every time we choose something that's outside of revelation, outside of what God said in the word, we are declaring independence. We are saying, I want to govern my life, and you can't tell me what's good for me. 
So the fall of man, number one, was a declaration of independence. But secondly, the fall of man was an act of treason. Genesis 3, 6, in the New Living Translation, it says, So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, and he ate it. Ephesians 4.27 in the King James Version says, Neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4.27, the same verse in the Amplified Bible says, Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. The fall of man was an act of treason. Now, we don't use that word in our civilian life. Now, those in the military may have some concept of it, but that's an interesting word. The fall of man was an act of treason. So what is treason? Treason is the crime of betraying one's country. Well, guess what? We can commit that act too because we are not from around here. And are we betraying that country that we came from in our behavior, in our thoughts, and in our actions? Treason is collaboration and cooperation with an enemy to overthrow a government. Are we collaborating, cooperating with an enemy to overthrow God's government? That's what Adam and Eve did. They were collaborating. And they were cooperating with Satan to overthrow God's government. Now, what about us? What about us? Well, you say, well, I would never try to overthrow God. Well, are you collaborating with the enemy? Are you cooperating with the enemy? Treason is giving the enemy aid and comfort. Adam and Eve gave Satan aid and comfort. They opened the door for Satan to come in. You know, the Bible tells us, we just read it, give no place to the devil. So are we opening the door and giving aid and comfort to the enemy? It was an act of treason. Thirdly, the fall was the introduction of death. Genesis 3-7 in the New Living Translation says, at that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Genesis 3, verse 23 through 24 in the New Living Translation says, So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. He sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord stationed mighty cherubims to the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Now, that's interesting. Notice now, after man fell, God 
put them out of the garden, but he didn't just put them out. He put an angel there with a flaming sword to keep man from getting back in because he didn't want man to eat from that tree of life. Because if man in that sinful condition had eaten from the tree of life, it would have perpetuated his sinful condition and there would have been no repentance and no deliverance. Now think about the other side of it though. God had intended for man to embrace his government and then eat from that tree of life and his government will be perpetuated throughout eternity. But man introduced death. The fall was the introduce of death in all of its forms. So what is death? Death means separation from God and disconnection from heaven's resources. Man became separated from God and disconnected from heaven's resources. God never intended for men to just be resourced through the earth. That's why the scripture says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. So saints, believers, precious ones, when you can't see resources in the earth doesn't mean you don't have resources. Because your supply comes from heaven, heavenly resources. But now, through this act of independence, man has introduced death. Now man is on the outside and God is on the inside and man is separated from God and then separated from his heavenly resources. And death came in in all form, spiritual death. Man was dead in his spirit. He could no longer contact. He ran from God instead of running to God. Emotional death, shame and guilt and fear and frustration. Man had never felt guilt, never felt shame, never felt rejection, never felt emotional hurting and emotional pain. He had never experienced mental illness, bipolar, depression, nervous anxieties. He had never experienced schizophrenia and amnesia and, and Alzheimer's and dementia. All that form of mental illness was a form of death. Physical death came in, sickness and disease and the termination of physical life. Man had never experienced anything but health and wholeness. Financial death, poverty, lack, and, and scarcity came through the door. Then social and relational death, divorce and division and prejudice and racism, everything that separates men and divides men came through the door. Eternal death, be totally separated from God throughout all eternity came through the door. And then the Bible in Romans 8 says that the, the creation, the created world, the planet itself became corrupted. There was no death in the, in the planet, in the creation before man sinned. Rot could not get into fruit. Flowers never uh, faded out and died out. Everything was just beautiful. Can you imagine an environment 
No worms got in anything. No rot. Flowers were beautiful, and they stayed that way. There was no storms, no hurricanes, tornadoes, no flooding, no fires. All the things that we're experiencing now, all that came through the door of death. If you understand this, you'll never get angry at God again. If you understand that this world is not the way God intended, so you, you, why you allow this happen? Why you call? No, no, no. When you grow up and understand the fall, you will understand that it was never God's intent for us to ever experience any kind of pain. So when you're in pain, run to God and not run from him. Death. The fall of man was the introduction of death, so the fall is the explanation for the present conditions that we're experiencing and everything negative that we're experiencing. But the fall of man, fourthly, was a transference of authority. This is so very important. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 5 through 7 in the New American Standard Bible, it says, and he, Satan, led him, Jesus, up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, I will give you all the domain and its glory, for it has been, for it has been, for it has been, he said, I'm going to give it to you for it has been, come on, talk to me. It has been handed. So Jesus said, Jesus, uh, Satan is saying to Jesus, listen, if you're about, I give you all, all the stuff. Because it was handed over to me. So who handed it over to him? Adam. He shifted the authority. Adam abdicated his authority to rule over the earth and handed over the authority to Satan. Now watch this. And consequently came under subjection to Satan's authority. Now the very one who had everything under his feet surrendered it and then came under Satan's authority. Now, Satan is demanding the man who should have been demanding Satan. The man should have told Satan to get out of this garden. Now, Satan, the Bible calls him the God of this world. So the earth became a territory on the Ill illegitimate go government. It became a territory under a illegitimate government. The fifth reality of the fall is that, that Satan established a counterfeit kingdom. A counterfeit kingdom. 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4, the New Living Translation says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind the veil, it is hidden only from the people who are perishing Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Now, notice it says, 
that Satan is the God of this world, not the planet world. The planet world is the Lord's, the Bible says. But Satan came in through Adam's authority and set up a counterfeit world system. And that's what you and I have to contend with. We have to contend with a counterfeit world system. So Satan's kingdom is categorized by disorder. It's categorized by what? Disorder. Disorder. The Bible says that God has not... God has not brought in confusion, right? God is not the author of? He's not the author of? He's not the author of? So if there's confusion, then it's Satan, isn't it? Let everything be done decently and in? Decently and in? So what is disorder? Disorder means disarrangement. It means disarrangement, which means to upset the arrangement of. The word disorder is also, it means perversion. Perversion means the alteration of something from its original meaning, its intent or state. So what Satan did, Satan decided, I know how God's system is based off order, I'll set up me a system that creates disorder. And where God says, this is right, I'll flip it. So if God says that sex is to be engaged in, in marriage, I'll just let folk have sex any way they want it. So Satan said, you can, you, you can go with anybody you want to. And he said to folk who have same-sex attraction, he said, listen, long as you love each other. So God says, a man and a woman, Satan said, that, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. He twists the order. And then he sets up a system that persecute people like me or like you who talks God's order. So he'll say, well, they're not, in, they're not loving folk, but you can't love outside of God's order. Now, I, I want to I close by sharing uh, a parable that Jesus shared. It, it's, it's powerful. I just drop a little of it. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus told a parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seed in his field. And he said, while people were asleep, an enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. During the growth process, during the growth process, because initially the tares looked just like wheat. 
But during the growth process, the, the tares didn't have a head that could produce the grain. So over the process, the, the servants began to recognize, hey, we got some tares with this wheat. And they asked the farmer, said, do you want us to take the tares out? And the farmer said, no, don't, 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 don't weed the tares out, because when you weed the tares out, you may end up taking up some of the wheat. He said, let it all grow together. And at the, at the harvest time, then the servants will come in, and they'll separate the tares from the wheat. Then later on in that 13th chapter, Jesus began to share with them what this tare and wheat stuff was. He says... The man who sowed good seed into the field is the son of man. And the seed that was sowed in the good field was the, was the children of the kingdom. And he said the, the field is the world. So he says the son of man sows into the world his people. But he said, an enemy came in. He said, the enemy who came in was Satan. And when Satan came in, he sold tares. That's children of darkness. And he said, now listen, don't try to weed out the stuff. Just let everything go the way it's going to go. The day will come where the tares will be separated from the wheat. Now, here's, here's what I believe that God wanted us to get out of that. Satan has strategically placed his people to facilitate his system. So he placed people in the home, in education, in the church, in media, in government, politics, business, the performing arts, entertainment, sports, science, medicine, military, and technology. Now he's placed his people. But God has his people in all these areas, and God doesn't want his people to just be stacked up in the church. Because he wants his people out in the world. The, he wants his people in the field in all these different areas, and he gives us a warning, Christians, he said, don't try to weed out the tares. We're not called to kill folk. We're not called to weed out. We're called to plant. Now, I'm about to close now. You've been placed in an uh, area of society, and your job is not to be judging everybody in your area and talking about how crazy they are. That's not your job. Your job is to not try to kill folk. Your job is to plant. Now think about it. There will, the scripture communicates to us that some people are never going to change. That's what that parable says, that the wheat and the tares, they're going to grow together, so there are going to be some things that are not going to change. God planted David, Satan planted King Saul, and King Saul just worked his work to try to destroy David, but he couldn't do it. But David made a decision 
that he was not going to take things in his own hands. He made a decision that I'm not going to kill Saul. That's in God's hands. I'm just going to live a life before God. How many see that? Saul never changed. There are going to be some people that are never going to change. But there's another illustration that helps us to understand why we shouldn't try to weed stuff out. The Bible says there was a man named Saul of Tarsus. He later became Paul. Think about all those years he was trying to stamp out Christianity. He was, he was threatening people, having them thrown in jail for following Christ. What if the Christians had killed Saul before he was converted? You see, some people, they'll move from tares to wheat. So it's not our responsibility to judge them. Our responsibility is to plant. Plant what? Present, replicate, demonstrate, and reproduce. Our job is to present the gospel. Our job is to replicate the character of Christ in our field. Our job is to demonstrate the power of heaven. And our job is to reproduce the culture and the values in our field. And we're going to show you exactly how to do that. I said we're going to show you exactly how to do that. You cannot do it, though, if you are living like the kingdom of darkness. God is calling us to separation. It's time out for us to live any kind of way and just say, God, forgive me. You know my heart. No, no, it's time out for that. God wants us to grow up and be salt and be light. Come on, man of God. See, all this, you know my heart. Yeah, he know our hearts. All this, you merciful. We have too much knowledge to give aid and support to the enemy. We have too much information. We have too much knowledge now. We've been on the word long enough now to shine forth its lights, it's time for us to stop looking like children of darkness. Didn't get an amen. I mean, didn't get a grunt. I mean, didn't get a wave. Didn't give a, didn't get, I mean, just didn't, just didn't, I mean, just, I mean, just didn't get nothing on myself. Just had to high five myself, high five myself. I know, I know, listen, I'm joking. I'm joking. You know I'm joking. I know you're getting this. But this is different. This is different. And the call on our lives is different. And we're going to make, we're going to all have a choice to choose Reason or revelation? You're going to eat from the tree of life or eat from the forbidden tree, but not this mixture. 
we got to choose one way or the other. Amen.